0: It's been a while since we've had a client on that we've been uh, so blessed to have them tell us a little bit about their journey in IBC and just a little bit about them in general. And today I'm really excited that we have with us Todd Malone. Todd, welcome.
1: Hi, Kim. How are you?
0: I'm doing better than I deserve. It's sunny here in Florida, which is not unusual and warm as i see the weather turn up north and uh i do miss the fall but what follows the fall todd i don't miss at all
1: i I don't blame you it's clear and cool here in kentucky and uh we're enjoying the uh finish of the leaf turning and uh opening day for modern rifle deer season was just saturday so i had a good time in the woods last weekend
0: nice nice you know, and I'll tell you for people who haven't been to Louisville, what a great town. And when you drive from South Dakota to Florida, you go through this little part of Kentucky and it is just beautiful. And, uh, I, you know, I haven't really driven around Kentucky, but I'm sure you have. And it's just, what a beautiful state. spent
1: a lot of time on my bicycle in the local area and I've actually had a chance to ride uh, from uh, end to end on my bicycle, and it is an outrageously beautiful state. And that's saying something for a guy who grew up in Oregon. I'm happy to be here as my place to raise my
0: family. That's awesome. You know, um, I know you're a big biker, and I would say I'm a big biker, but that that description is in a different way because uh, you know you'll appreciate this. I was riding along the other day, a couple Saturdays ago, and this guy was behind me, and he said. <laughs> You know, he said, I, I, I could have stayed back there all day but riding behind you is like riding behind a Mack truck. Now I don't, you know, I think there was a dig in there somewhere, Todd, but you know, I just smiled and just kept on pedaling away, you know? So, uh, I'm not built like the normal cyclist, but I sure do love getting out there on my bike and going 20, 30, 40 miles. And, uh, the moving meditation part of it for me is just priceless
1: no doubt. And I always appreciate getting behind the Clydesdale and enjoying the social time as well.
0: That's right. See, I like that word a lot better than Mack truck. Clydesdale I can <laughs> live with. Mack truck seems a little bit mean. <laughs> yeah, he's
1: just being insensitive, Jim. That's all.
0: Just I, know, I know. So Todd, tell us a little bit about you. Obviously you live in Louisville, Kentucky. I think we t- uh, established that. Yeah. Uh,
1: so uh, I am a uh, 20... Five-year married man with three children, two adult young men, and a 16 and a half-year-old uh, junior in high school. Uh, been uh, living in Kentucky for about 20 years. I am an airline captain, and I've done uh, nothing but fly airplanes for my entire adult career. I had a little bit of time in the service prior to that um, as a uh, Air Force pilot, and have been blessed to uh, keep myself. Uh, above water financially as a result of that. Uh, however, after having gone through the 1987 panic and then the Asian crisis and then the dot-com bubble and then 9-11 and then the financial panic of 2008, uh, I finally got a clue and decided that uh, actively managing uh, the wealth that I have been given to manage uh, I need to do a better job of that than just use my labor to get a very good salary
0: yeah yeah well you know what's really cool about what you said number one is as soon as anybody says anything about aviation I just think back to my friend and mentor Nelson Nash and Todd I don't remember did you meet Nelson when we did the meeting in Louisville
1: Uh, I'm afraid not um I read his book, and I think uh, it was a couple of years after that that, uh, that he passed on. Uh, I feel like I know him just listening to your podcast and, of course, talking to you and Nick in person. Uh, I feel like I, you guys are uh, channeling him very well.
0: Well, I appreciate that. I don't think we could ever live up to to that. But I appreciate the, the sentiments and the comments. You know, he was just a great man. And one of the things he would have sat and talked to you for hours about aviation. And he would explain and Nick does a great job explaining this, that, you know, IBC is kind of like an airplane, and I, you know, Nick hates when I give these uh, air, uh, <laughs> these airline uh, uh, analogies because I kind of, I might butcher it, so you'll have to correct me if I make something up here, but you know, when you take off in an airplane and it's full of fuel, it's, Nick says it flies like a pig, right? And he says, but when you get to where you're landing, depending on how long the flight is, and there's not much fuel left in the tank that it's like a rocket ship that if you needed to do a, you know, a a fly around or whatever, that you could stand that thing on its, on its heels. And, and, you know, IBC is kind of like that. And you know, you've been doing IBC for how long, Todd? Uh,
1: I'm just finishing my fourth year of it uh, right now.
0: Wow. It always seems like more because you've done a lot with your IBC system and you know I want to get into that in a second but you know you said after these corrections hey maybe I'm not doing the right thing with my money And, um, you know, sometimes we either give money to an advisor or we think, well, hey, we can see the patterns in the market or we can um, subscribe to a system or something like that. Uh, Which one of those did you do?
1: Uh, Well, I would say I did a little bit of all of the above before uh, getting enlightened to the IBC. Um, Jim, I've heard you on the show before, and you've talked to a lot of doctors, and one of the questions you always ask them is, uh, what did you learn in medical school about business and finance? Yeah. And, of course, there's not much there because the focus is on you know their technical skills. Um, where I went to college, interestingly enough, um, the first 10 lessons of a 42-lesson syllabus on uh, individual law that was supposed to prepare us for use of uh, – Uniform Code of Military Justice Protocols was on personal finance. And uh, I didn't think about that very much until um, you asked me to do this podcast. And I thought, oh man, I did actually get some financial education. But, uh, you know, other than getting a will and uh, making sure you save a little bit each month, because you will spend everything that you have as a lieutenant, um, the two things that they made sure we walked away from was. You know, full life insurance is a rip off. You buy term, now invest the rest. And then dollar cost averaging was the way to go. Yeah. And this is back in the uh, mid 80s. And so, you know, I was as smart as the average bear. So I decided to employ that. But they also were trying to tell us that because there was this outfit, uh, I'll try to keep nameless, that was very much involved in getting lieutenants to invest their money with their services. And they were actually selling uh, whole life insurance policies and front loaded mutual funds. But uh, yeah. so of course I'm really smart and I'm not going to do any of that. And then I run into one of these salesmen who were typically Lieutenant colonels uh, and formerly rated officers that knew how to, you know, talk and sell. Next thing I know, I'm in a $50,000, you know, whole life insurance plan and uh front loaded fund that uh, had I invested in for a number of years, and of course, after I paid off all the uh, the fees and all that other stuff, I got a cold call from another fighter pilot who really knew what he was talking about and made a compelling case. And uh, I sold off all those assets and started investing with him. And you know, we were doing merely okay, but you know, every correction, I got corrected, and on every um, every um, you know market to, uh, growth, I did okay. But I felt like I was missing something, and that I was just sort of going like a a leaf on the uh, surface of a river, not really um, managing what I' had been given. And you know I was much more interested in learning the technical aspect of my job and all the social stuff that went on. I really liked riding my bike, so uh, you know i I just sort of banked on my future uh, income as a laborer uh, until. You know, I looked at myself in the mirror and I got a lot more gray hair and I'm looking at adult children who are doing pretty well, but uh, you still want to support them in the way that you can and leave a legacy, um, not just for them, but for your community. And it really became a stewardship issue to me. Uh, and in 2016, I just knew that I needed to change course from just trying to manage a qualified plan and uh, a pension fund by you know following newsletters and a chiropractor gave me a name of another investor, you know, salesman guy. And, uh, he was more than happy for me to come to the office and look at his system, which was some kind of, uh, it looked like numeracy to me, dude. It, it was just crazy. And you said, Oh yeah, this is totally Vulcan, like non-emotional stuff. And you yeah. just sign everything over to me and everything's going to be great. I just. I thought, man, this sounds way too good to be true. I'm not wanting to believe it. But then he started dropping some names of other people I knew in the business uh, of aviation. And I thought, shoot, I better call some of these guys and see what they think. Yeah. One of the guys had, whose name he dropped was a guy he was trying to get on board, and that was Nick. And, <laughs> and so I called up one of this guy's clients and he said, it's just, you know, this is the uh, this is aces all around. You got to get in on this. This is the, you know, the new way to invest. And I thought, well, okay, that's one. And then I called Nick up and he said, yeah, I'm not really on board with that. Um, but I, I got some other stuff going on that uh, yeah, maybe you'd be interested in in sitting down and listening. And uh, that was as hard a sales job as Nick gave to me in uh, 2017. And so I met him in his office and then I got on board this uh, video chat with uh, none other than you, Jim. And <laughs> And we talked for about an hour and, um, it's funny because everything you said made a lot of sense and it was stuff that I'd been thinking It's stuff that I just had notions of, um, from way back in terms of just like studying just basic economics and, and politics. I've always been kind of a, uh, uh, Austrian economist fan. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I know that's a really geeky thing, but that's what I did when I was not riding my bike and studying on airplanes. Um, so it really turned my my cranks uh, to to listen to what you guys had to say. And this was the really surprising thing, Jim. And I'm saying this for all your clients and potential clients, which is you guys didn't sell me on anything. You let me walk out of the office without signing a, you know, any kind of contract or agreement to read anything you just let me walk out of the office and oh, you gave me the book uh, by Nelson, Becoming Your Own Banker. And I think Nick said, well, read it if you feel like it. And that was the start of saying to myself, okay, this is a way that I can actually um, start taking responsibility for the gifts that I've been given.
0: Yeah. (laughs) No, that, you know, I do remember um, our first meeting and um, and our subsequent meetings. Um, and we've gotten to meet in person as well in uh, Louisville and one of the best coffee shops uh, in uh, in the country really man i love Heine brothers coffee and and they're not paying me to say that by the way <laughs> but <laughs> uh but i do love their coffee in fact i have it shipped to florida todd but i found the local place because i got to support the local guy too so we're going to try yes, the do. local guy now but um you know you reminded me of a couple of things one you know, audience, Todd went to the Air Force Academy, and if anybody has never been to the Air Force Academy, if you go to Colorado Springs, Colorado, you've got to see the Air Force Academy because, you know, in my opinion, it makes you proud as an American to see this is how we're educating our future officers in the Air Force. And I believe that the Air Force Academy's first class was like 1965. Is that right, Todd?
1: Uh, the first graduated class was 1959.
0: They started oh. in 54 in Denver. Yeah. Oh, it was in Denver. Okay. Well, maybe it was 65. At, I don't know. Somebody told me they were in the first class in 65 at the Air Force Academy. So maybe, maybe, maybe there, maybe both those answers are right, but you would know, but I'll tell you what the cathedral there is amazing and going to a football game at the Air Force Academy. I went Todd, I don't know what year it was, but they Beat Notre Dame in i don't think i'm making that up i think they won if they didn't win it was a really good game but i got to set in the professor section and man what a you know just the the dedication and everything else i'm just super impressed with the air force academy and you know i, I really really wanted my son to go to the air force academy and he wanted to play baseball and everything else and it, and it didn't work out that way but i'll tell you what what a great education what what a great institution and then you know um you were a fighter pilot. And now I got a funny story is one time at my firm in Colorado, I hired a, a fighter pilot and I don't know, would it be F-16 or F-14s that, that Air Force flies?
1: Well, they're, they're an F-16. I got to correct you just a little bit, Jim. I was a B-52 pilot. So, uh, oh. I got to fly little fast movers when I was in training, but then, uh, uh the fighter pilots just were a little bit quicker on their ability to learn how to get really close to one another and i just was a little bit more hesitant on that and so the air force quite wisely said you know what we're going to put you in a big old bomber and put a crew on there and uh you know you can scare the heck out of the soviet union as uh you know we uh get ready to take it to him. And so that's what I got to do. And it was a great job for me.
0: Just as impressive. I was just going to say this guy, after three months of being in the financial services industry, he said, Jim, I've got to quit because um, being a fighter pilot is more fun. And I (laughs) said, his name was Craig. And I said, Craig, I don't even know what to say to that. Like I, there, I have no argument, <laughs> you know, like right. I've never been a fighter pilot, but I can imagine that flying in a jet is a lot more fun than trying to break people's uh, perceptions of what they were told about money. But then I started thinking, th- you know, that was probably 20 years ago, Todd. And then I think, you know what? I'm not sure anything could be more fun than freeing people from these, these um, false, views of money and these false understandings of money and they, this false knowledge of money. And so, you know, I, I, I thought that then, but now, and by the way, then I was doing the full service financial planning fee base, just like you're talking about, Hey, give me your money. I'm going to show you how to um, invest it. I'm smarter than you. I study this stuff every day. I'll know. I'll know how to get you a great return, Todd. Don't you worry. That's not how people make money though, as you know, and I know. So four years ago, you broke away from that. And, and you know what, and I appreciate you saying uh, as what you said, as far as we, we don't sell people on IBC, we just educate people. And if it's not for them, it's not for them. And really I love that because I'm just not a sales guy. I don't want to try to convince somebody to buy something. I want to, show somebody how this has made a huge impact in my life. And again, it might not be for you. If somebody came by and said, Hey, Jim, I'm, I'm an ultra marathoner. I run a hundred mile race and, and man, it's changed my life. Well, you know what? I'm not built to run a hundred miles. I'm just telling you. (laughs) And so I would say, man, that is so cool, but it's just not for me. And maybe somebody would say that about IBC and that's fine. But I love when we can educate people and we can show people that this fits right into everything that you've been thinking most of your life and that there's nothing that contradicts this. And and I, uh,
1: I would agree with that. And I just want to also, you know, get one, confirm one detail that you had the air force Academy in 1983, 84 and 85 did beat Notre Dame three years running both at home and, uh, and on the road. And uh, that was the years that I was there. So uh, I, I had a chance to watch that happen and it was just ridiculous. We were insane. But Am it I that old Dan- that
0: 85 feels like it was just yesterday? <laughs> that, yeah. I mean, I would have told you that was like 15 years ago.
1: <laughs> no, I, I can't say that I've been following as well as I used to, but uh, I think that we haven't done as well against Notre Dame since. Uh, but uh, that was like the Dan Devine years at Notre Dame. So it was that. Uh, kind of a tough patch, and we caught them when they were down, and you know what? We'll still take those victories for sure.
0: Absolutely, but and and the thing that was so impressive is you're doing it with linemen that are being outweighed by whatever pounds, 50 pounds or, or whatever oh, yeah. the average would be. And, and you're outsmarting them you're just, it's, you know, the way that they play football or back in, then they played the triple wishbone or um, what flex, am I trying to say? I'm, the
1: flex bone, uh, but it, yeah, it was a derivation of the classic wishbone, which you can do a lot with uh, fast, smart athletes against yeah. uh, average, um, you know, linebackers and, and linemen. Now when you go against the Clemson's and Alabama's, the athletes on the defense are so strong and so fast that they just put a man on everybody and just shut it all down. But that's a, that's an order of magnitude, better football. I almost kind of call it like pro football, but that would probably insult some of your Alabama audience. So I better not say that anymore.
0: (laughs) Well, and you know, my point to all of that is what you just said, you have to outsmart, whoever you're playing against. And really with money, Todd, I wanna get your thoughts on this. We're playing a game against the government, meaning the IRS, right? Because they have a game where they wanna take as much money as we'll give them. We're playing a game against Wall Street because they would take all of our money that we would put in Wall Street. And we're playing a game against the banks. Now they're Clemson, Alabama, and Georgia, and uh, whoever else as an all-star team, right? right. That's how yeah. tough they are. And if we don't outsmart them, we're going to lose. Oh,
1: yeah. Uh, I feel like I've lost, uh, you know, I lo- I've lost a lot of opportunity in playing it that way. And so, you know, the thing that uh, was the first light bulb moment for me in reading Nelson's book uh, was the fact that, even when I'm following other financial entertainers, ideas of staying debt free, I'm actually paying a premium for using my own cash and losing the opportunity to uh, gain compound interest on my hard earned earnings, you know, to get the things that my family needs and wants. And, you know, and, and I don't try to live a very extravagant lifestyle, but you know, when a house needs an update or you need a new car, you need to do that stuff. And you see whatever wealth you built go away and, you know, because you've self-financed or you think you've got a great deal of 0% financing, which just means that's another word for front-loaded interest. Um, you know, when people are willing to sell you stuff on credit, you feel like a million bucks, but you feel like a million bucks because they're taking a million bucks away from you.
0: That's um, right. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so that, that was the big thing for me. And so when I first started, you know, I was a little bit hesitant to borrow back because it just felt so... Well, this is a technical term, Jim. It felt icky to borrow back from what I just put into my insurance uh, contract. And, and so there was a little bit of a uh, – well, it just took me time to get over that. And I did a lot with uh, calling up some of the Nick's friends and clients who were already involved in this and, and how they approached it mentally. Uh, and then you, uh, Nick also uh, asked me to read a book called uh, – how privatized banking actually works right. and that really helps me understand both, you know, the big picture economics of this, as well as, you know, what I personally could gain. And so the first thing I did is I said, well, what are my monthly expenses that I pay for anyways? And I'm, I'm pretty charitable guys. So I give to a number of charities, you know, I was given monthly stipends of a hundred or $200 and I was making monthly payments to some car payments and some, uh, Oh, you know, school debt, that kind of thing. And I thought, well, shoot, the first thing I'm going to do is just make a one year lump sum contribution to all these charities and then pay that back into my insurance plan in a monthly way. It doesn't change my behavior one bit. I'm still giving money. I just, you know, my, the uh, beneficiaries just get it at the very beginning of the year. And I'm still putting that money as if I were one every month. And uh, same thing with a you know, used car that I got so that my sons had something to drive you know, to just start to go to work. And then there was some student debt that I decided that my sons were going to pay me as the bank as opposed to pay the government. And uh, so I just started looking at everything as a, uh, a means of whatever my monthly payments were, other than my actual home mortgage, I wanted to go ahead and finance myself. And and so that's how my system started. And I really haven't done much more than that kind of stuff with uh, a number of personal things to include other home improvements. Uh, It was only a couple of weeks ago that I finally got to take out some money to invest in uh, one of the other guests who had um, the uh, Wellings Group uh, for the first time. And uh, so now I'm trying to actually put my money into places where it's actually, you know, buying assets to make money. Um and that's my first step there and I'm hoping that uh, I see more opportunities as uh, I still continue to grow my system.
0: You know, Todd, you are like I, I love what you just said because you're you're starting where you started, you're evolving with your system and you know, and you changed your thinking, Nelson always used to say, it's all about how you think this is not complicated. Don't make it complicated. And that's what you've done is you've, you've just grown it from wherever you started. And you said, well, it made sense to me to take over this. And now um, one of your kids has a policy and and I know the other ones are going to have policy soon. And, and, and you're expanding that, but talk about, because you, you brought up some great kind of points in wall street history recent history where there were some downturns and talk about how you feel from a just a stress level knowing that you've got this control because when i hear you talk about it i hear the enthusiasm in your voice and it's really cool and it made me smile so talk about that
1: yeah okay so um I still have a lot tied up in Wall Street and a uh, company pension plan that I, I can't do anything about right now unless I want to go full brokerage and then start doing all kinds of you know, high energy nonsense. But uh, So I, I still kind of keep my eye on it, but my ultimate goal is to be uh, using these uh, you know, the IBC concept to uh, continue to preserve wealth. Uh, give my family peace of mind. I mean, that is a piece of the insurance contract that is nice to have. It's not the most important piece, uh, but then the the other one. And to me, this again comes down to you know what I conceive of one of my duties as a steward of resources, which is as I approach my retirement from from uh, flying airplanes professionally. It's only about eight years, and. I don't know that I'm going to need the same income when I'm 65, but I know this. I'm going to want to have the same energy doing things and being involved in my community as a business player. And so by growing my system now, it's allowing me to have, A, that peace of mind you're talking about, that I'm not gambling or totally subject to the whims of Congress. Uh, as to whether a qualified plan is going to remain qualified or not. And I'm not being paranoid. I just know that what Congress gives, they can take away. Uh, um, the, but the thing is, is that if I'm a guy who's got enough wealth to get involved in businesses or buy and sell lands, well, now I'm getting involved in the things that actually make communities go. And uh, the idea of becoming an employer or becoming a, someone who can provide quality housing, you know, or, or, or to be more charitable. I, I would just want to be that kind of a person. And, and so really, Jim, it's not so much the peace of mind jumping away from wall street as it's, I'm going to have wealth to do stuff with, yeah. to bring value to other people, uh, absent, you know, what I've grown very, very good at over the course of a 30 year career flying, but you know, that that's going to end and it's ending sooner than I think. And I, I need to figure out how to, uh, use this, uh, Remaining brain power for something else that's uh, of high value.
0: You know, and, and you know what, my experience, Todd, I would tell you that, you know, it'll surprise you what it ends up being because, you know, I'm in businesses that I don't know anything about. I'm um, that I've obviously, since I've been in that business, I've learned, but before I got into the business, I really didn't know anything. And something that you just said too is the other day, we, we gave some money to a charity from one of the local businesses in the town that the, that the business is in, and they put our uh, picture of our employees on the on the uh, front page in our um, reception area. And I was so proud of the that I mean, everybody had a smile on their face. We just got a new facility for that that company, and it's a warehouse. And it was um, it was heated but not air conditioned. The new location is air conditioned, and the morale is just so much happier. And I just love seeing people grow the people that are in their 20s in that company. And I love seeing the people that are in their 60s, saying, Well, you know what, now that it's air conditioned, maybe I won't retire when I thought I was going to retire, because I could do this, and I have fun at work. And I like doing that. And, you know, making that impact on those people, just like you said, is really important and cool. And all we want to do is do more of it, not less.
1: Uh, I want to be a, uh, I, I don't even like to use the word capitalist, Jim. I think that is a, that is a word that Marx used to describe capitalism. I want to be a free enterprise entrepreneur. And, and I finally figured out how to preserve capital in order to start to do that. And, uh, you know, listening to what you and Nick talk about and the uh, guests you have on your podcast is really motivating. And then I listened to a couple other business podcasts just to kind of just uh, turn my imagination as I get closer and closer to that point where, you know, maybe I become more than just a passive investor. Uh, Um, but it's, you're right. It's really exciting. I want to be that guy that actually has the capital to, uh, make his community better.
0: That's awesome. And you know what, that's the part of capital, like you said, that's the wrong word, but let's use entrepreneurs is entrepreneurs can take an idea with no, with no safety net, right? I mean, You're, you're going to go and you're either going to buy into a business and help turn it around, or you're going to start a business with a vision of what you want to build that business to be. But there's nobody standing there saying, don't worry if you fall, I'm right here. No, you don't get that. There's no safety net, but it's okay when you believe in the vision or you believe in the company and you see the things that could be turned around, then it's okay to take that risk and not have the safety net because you know, you're not going to let yourself fall. And so, um, you know, I think that's really important. It's things that we learn along the way and that confidence that we learn and confidence is nothing but a skill set. You know, just like I've never flown an airplane, but I'm sure the first time I flew it, I wouldn't be as good as the the one thousandth time that I flew it. And and so, you know, we have to build our confidence by hard work. And studying, and always getting better and better at something, and you know that it's a. Uh, I think that that's it's like IBC. It evolves, and the more that we work at it, the better we get at it. And um, you know, I just think that that's really important for people to see and to realize. And uh, so, Todd, at some point in time, I always ask people. Outside of the Bible, what's one or two books that you've read in your life that's made a huge difference that you would recommend that everybody in the audience read?
1: Right, okay. So uh, obviously, they're all going to be ones that everybody's heard before. And I'd love to tell you that I am as avid a reader as you are right now, Jim. I I don't make time enough for uh, normal reading, but the books that have very much helped, uh, of course, are becoming your own banker, the uh, and I've already mentioned uh, how privatized banking really works. Yeah. Financial independence in the 21st century. And uh, Nick gifted those books to me right off top before I ever even started uh, signed a check or actually got serious about talking to you again. And those really scratched the itch I needed to hear as to a how you know what this was, and then b it really appealed to my sense of. Um, being a part of the solution to, you know, the debt crisis that our entire world is about to face, uh, becoming part of the privatized banking system is, you know, if there is a solution, this is it. So I feel like I'm actually contributing something good there. Um, the other stuff that Mika uh, recommended was the, as uh, a man thinketh, and then uh, uh, the wisest man in Babylon. Uh, I've given those books away to a number of other people. I'm uh, Mentoring a couple of young men right now, and just uh, how they're developing their uh, book the Christian walk, but also how to start operating in uh, in life as uh, young employees and uh, that sort of thing. And so, I've already introduced the, both of them to a lot of those books. I have not yet, you know, given them the idea of the uh, becoming your own banker. But that's uh, you know, this is a work in progress. Jim, I'm I'm learning as I learn.
0: Yeah, to, uh, no.
1: introduce these topics to them because I do really believe this is a gift um, that it would be very helpful to uh, a lot of young men and women who are thinking about starting their own families and how to do it with uh, you know not being in such crushing debt that they have to keep the jobs that they hate, right? And live where they don't want to. Uh, this is this truly does give them that independence that so many young people actually want, but they feel changed by reality and they don't have to be.
0: Yeah. No, Todd, well said. And, you know, I think that, um, I really appreciate everything that you shared with everybody, your personal journey in this, and you're a very smart guy and, um, I love working with clients like you because I know you're thinking about it and you're studying it. And it reminded me of something that I just read Um, the way that it was described to me is the most important law of ecology. So just know that I don't have an ecology degree. So if this is wrong, then uh, that's my disclaimer, but it makes 100% sense to me. And it's this L is greater or equal to C. So what that means that equation is that For an organism to survive, the rate of learning has to be equal or greater than the rate of change happening around them. Ah. And so the rate of change that we are experiencing is accelerating. We got to learn faster, learn better, learn more in the most efficient manner. And, and and what I would tell you is that that's our mission at create talent is to help and to assist you. And we're not going to do it for you. As, as Todd mentioned, we're just coaching you. We're the guide. If this were the movie Star Wars, we're not Luke. Todd is Luke. Nick is, is Yoda. Well, I mean, man. I mean, Nick kind of does. Look, no, I'm just kidding. He oh, no, not. <laughs> let's be nice now, Jim. No, I'm just, okay. Nick's not here to defend himself. And so, uh, so I had to pick on him. I'm just kidding. So no, Nick is Yoda because of his wisdom on guiding people and showing them how to be the hero of their lives. And that's our, that's our mission. And, uh, Todd, any famous last words before we wrap it up?
1: I know I was just listening to another business podcast this morning. And uh, one of the things that I finished out on was, you know, there's no such thing as no risk, but with no risk, there's no, there's no return. So you can't have a no, you know, no return premium if you're not going to do a risk premium. And I think the biggest thing that most of us risk is just the time to learn and, and uh, look at things from a fresh set of eyes and a different angle. And if by doing that, that allows you to take risks in ways that actually are manageable as opposed to unknown, um, the return is almost limitless. And, uh, and that's in life. That's the thing that I'm loving about this more than anything else. It's not the financial possibilities, which I think are great, but uh, it's the possibilities in developing uh, you know, better relationships and uh, less fear and just stepping forward.
0: That's very well said again Todd. Thank you so much for being on the show Todd um, I'd love to have you come back as as your journey with IBC um, continues to grow and have you check in and with the audience and myself and uh, just share so thank you so much um, audience. If you want to learn more about Infinite Banking and you want to learn more about Create Tailwind, you can go to our YouTube channel, which is Create Tailwind. You can go to our website, which is createtailwind.com. You can email us. Um, it's our, our email addresses are on the website, and I think you can even call us from there. So whatever way you want to reach out, reach out to us, and we'd love to help you in your journey in learning more about Infinite Banking and how you can break away from the herd, just like Todd Malone and his family have done. Until next time, I'm your host, Jim Oliver. Have a great day. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your own terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.